0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Hashtag Ask the Soccer Pro Show, episode 115. Uh, I'm your host, 12-year pro MLS Cup champion, MLS Comeback Player of the Year, UC Davis Hall of member, Black Players for Change founder, and MSL coach Quincy Marroquois. You might be asking yourself, what is the MSL? You might be, but if you've been here for some time, you know what it is. But if you don't, this is what we're here to discuss and break down every Thursday, 6 p.m. PST, 9 p.m. EST, live here on the perfect soccer Instagram account YouTube account and zoom account the mental strength league you guys know what it is out here aka I am in your head and if you guys are over here on on IG please spam that heart button drop them I'm in your head emojis drop your questions McNasty's already dropping the I in your head soccer emoji out here uh, PG sports is already dropping in as well too Um, Yeah, it's the Mental Strength League. And for those of you who are just now tuning into this hashtag frequency, it's a game of mental 4D chess, one where you are either aware and an active participant or your pawn in the game steady getting played. The MSL mindset is the mindset you need to accomplish your goals. We're here to discuss that so you can learn how to learn and so you can know when and how you're stopping yourself from achieving your goals, but more importantly, what to do about it. This mindset starts the moment you decide to take responsibility. Where you are, even if where you are isn't your fault, and put forth a plan to learn what you need to to continue forward. That's some D bad stuff right there. Uh, so if you, if you guys are ready for today's episode, I'm going to need you to spam that heart button again. Drop them on in your head emojis, and any questions you guys have for the guest of honor here, seven-year MLS pro, New England Revolution goalkeeper, and co-founder of Black Players for Change, Earl Edwards Jr. Bur, 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 bur. Oh through <laughs> all of that now you just so much on your resume now
1: we've got to get your uh, your sound effects production up you no know, that's the next level bro i'm just gonna be throwing stuff on, just have the mixing <laughs> board and
0: just <laughs> confetti and <laughs> there you go. go how have you been uh how's life man maybe give us think, uh, since the last episode what, what was the last episode you were on
1: Uh, I don't know the number of the episode but I think it may have been when I was in Orlando so that was like last July so it's been a while for sure
0: I don't
1: know if I've been on
0: I'm gonna look it up but while you do that give us so give us the download since since then what's Uh, what's been happening and then we'll we'll just kind of just dive straight in
1: you know what it is yeah so I uh quick sum up closed out the season with uh dc uh fell just short of playoffs but had a nice little run toward the end there where uh we at least gave ourselves a chance made it interesting uh going into the offseason a lot of moving parts going on in dc uh became a free agent uh, was contacted by new england quickly uh, and jumped on that so signed with new england revolution and I am now, we're entering our fourth game here in New England. So I've been with the team now a little over two months. Uh, It's been a great experience, uh, even given the fact that I tore my meniscus and missed a month of preseason recovering from that. Um, I've been back for about three to four weeks now. Uh, So things are uh, on the up and up and on that side of things. And um, wife is due to have our baby boy on May 18th. Um, so contractions have been taking place over the last hour or so. So the phone is uh, <laughs> locked and loaded here. If we're gonna be running to the hospital any minute, we'll see, uh, we but yeah, babies.
0: That's the Sacreproscia history uh, well, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> realized this the other time we had the episode when Serena gave birth to Lord, and we did the episode
1: out- uh, In the hospital. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess kind of a first, maybe not exactly a first, but um, yeah. So yes. I mean, I, I, I will say um, we're going to be induced, or my wife's going to be induced uh, anywhere from Friday to Tuesday, so Tuesday at the latest, tomorrow the earliest, um, or tonight if she goes into labor, we'll see. Um, but he'll be here soon. Wow, bro!
0: Well, congratulations, man. That's amazing news. We this you. off because the lights going to bug people
1: um wow that's bananas bro like yeah a lot of, a lot going on a lot going on yes. it'll be fun though
0: so congratulations on that that's that's dope um i i <clears throat> while you're saying that i i went over to perfect skills.com and google searched earl edwards Jr., right and um Pulled up, uh, episode 79 was the last episode you were on. How did Earl's mentality get him through the MLS shutdown? And the very first episode was mm. How to Not Be Selfish with Earl Edwards Jr., episode 56. So for those of you who have been down in the MSL for some time, what was your favorite lesson learned from Earl in those previous episodes? And um, man, it's sounding like, especially with what you learned from the from, the, uh, from getting through the MLS shutdown, you've taken a lot of those lessons and those things to really organize and manage kind of life, not only on the field, but off the field as well too, right? Another kid on the way, um, a new team, a new role and position, yep. a, uh, a new injury, but a new approach to coming back from that in Wolverine strength, regenerative skill time, right? Um, what is what's the secret sauce bro like how is it uh where do you feel you are in your professional journey like relative to kind of your mentality and I guess comparing it to where you started and what you feel you know now and how those lessons have kind of guided you to where you're at at this point
1: yeah the off season I would so the transition I guess I'll just start from there the transition from uh dc to a new team um wife being pregnant um obviously i've been moving so fig- physically going through that move uh trying to get settled in and then you know uh, i think it was literally one week into preseason tearing a meniscus having surgery um missing some time and then coming back it was obviously uh a lot going on in the last uh, few months here but Uh, In the off-season itself, I put in a lot of work um, to be fit and ready for the opportunity here in New England. Um, And that was difficult in terms of being efficient and organized, um, having to do workouts when, actually, funny enough, this was probably the most challenging, but I think being prepared and thinking ahead and, uh, you know, kind of just being forward-thinking. When we traveled here to New England, uh, from Virginia. the It was in the middle of January, January 24th on my birthday. Uh, but getting up here January in New England looks very different than January in Virginia and be arrived to basically a snowstorm for a week. Um, and, you know, that being maybe two to three weeks before we're actually having to report for preseason uh, to not train for four or five days wasn't really an option. So, you know, either waiting for the streets to be plowed around the hotel so I can get runs in. Um, I had dumbbells in the car and a weight vest and resistance bands. And I'm lifting in the parking lot under like the trunk. I left the trunk open and I'm underneath the hood lifting and uh, just doing what I had to do to to stay prepared and stay fit with preseason around the corner, Um, you know, and Uh, mind you we also have four dogs so we're in this cooped up in a hotel with four dogs waiting for the moving truck and so I'm taking the dogs to run with me I'm doing whatever I can to stay in shape and um I think that's a small snippet of like the dedication I had throughout um the off season in terms of preparing training with college and high school kids I can find in my area um just doing whatever I could and I stayed in really good shape I, I think I gained strength and uh, stamina, all those things. I felt really good coming in, um, trained really well for the first week of preseason and then torn my meniscus. Um, so it was one of those things that, um, I've done before I've torn my meniscus, uh, three other times, uh, two on my right, one on my left and I did my left again. Um, so, uh, I don't know if we, uh, yeah, you and I spoke actually the day that I tore it and I gave you the full synopsis, but I'll fill everybody else in. But, Um, It was basically a session where, because of the weather, we had been training on turf indoors. Um, We had been training that way for a week. And uh, this particular day, we had a heavy lifting session as goalkeepers prior to the rest of the team training, which is a goalkeeper session. We had a heavy lift, a heavy session, and then actually went into a scrimmage against our second team. Um, And I wasn't playing in the first half. So I went from a hard, intense session, to basically cooling down and being off for 45 minutes or so to then having to warm up through halftime and then play the second half of this game. And maybe, uh, five, 10 minutes into that warm up at halftime, uh, fully felt my meniscus split. And again, I've done this before, so I had felt it, I knew what it was. Um, and then kind of on the fly understood that, um, while I could make it worse, the chances of it, uh, getting significantly worse. Uh, I didn't feel at the time, uh, I I could make it so much worse that my recovery time or surgery would look much differently than uh, what it was I was feeling in that immediate moment. So for me, I've made the decision that uh, pain, pain wasn't uh, something that was gonna keep me from doing it. I didn't feel I was gonna make it worse. So decided to play uh, in that half of the game. Um, and throughout the half could just was getting reassurance that I had definitely torn my meniscus, uh, based on my movements, my kicking, things of that sort, um, actually played pretty well in the half. And then, uh, you know, the coaching staff kind of was quickly out of the bubble and went back to the, the training room or the, our our training facility. And we made our way back there from the bubble. Um, and I knew on the drive back, uh, that I was going to have to go in there and Tell them what had happened prior to that half starting and um, they were obviously pretty taken back and shocked by it um, but you know quickly moved on from there that was a Saturday I got surgery on Wednesday um, and then I think the uh, fill people in the Wolverine like uh, recovery that Quincy's referring to they put me at uh, four to six weeks thinking it'd be closer to six weeks um, was able to get back in uh, three weeks and fully training at that point so I'd still say there's, uh, you know, a bit of myself that not having trained for that month, um, I'm still building back from that, but I think even with that, it's understanding that, uh, taking a step back allowed me to process some things and understand that, uh, or appreciate, um, I'm not someone that's religious by any means, but I believe things happen for a reason. So to try to appreciate whatever, um, whatever lesson was there to be learned and then, um, also be patient with myself as I return, understanding what my form was coming in off the off season and what the work I put in, uh, I could see the fruits of that labor. And now kind of actually very much so having to start from square one, because when we were in LA, uh, we had no weights or gym access, and I couldn't run or do cardio. Um, so so you get a kick out of this, I'm in my bedroom, we had cases of water. So I'm like, doing curls and stuff with cases of water, uh, trying to do what I could. So I maintained my weight, um, but keeping my muscle mass and things like that. And my stamina was a little difficult. So that's still stuff. I think I'm really trying to remind myself that I'm building back, uh, into, as I, uh, you know, enter now, probably my fourth week of training, fifth week of training coming back from that injury. But, um, you know, it's a steady progressing process and, um, I like where I'm at and I'm like, where the season's going.
0: Love that. Okay. So you shared a lot. We're going to, we're going to crunch that down. We're going to crunch that down because there's, there's a lot of points and things that I think you spoke to that I want to bring attention to because I can understand where most people's focus and attention can start, right? Mm -hmm. This comes down to BAB MSL mentality. And that's, that's, you've done the preparation, you've done the work, you're dialed in, you're doing the right things. The moment finally comes, then something outside of your control lends itself to an injury potentially happening. Okay. That's part of sports. That's what happens, right? You, you assess the situation, you compare it to the fact that you've had this injury before. So you are taking calculated risk where I want to point, point out to most younger players is if you haven't had previous injuries or haven't had a previous experience with something, pushing it or testing it may be to your detriment. One thing that Earl very much pointed out there that I think is a true sign and testament of a veteran player versus, versus younger player is his decision-making brought into consideration previous experience and understanding that he is now moving forward uh, in a calculated manner to gather more data to decide what's the best course of action for the long-term, right? So he's not, uh, uh, we have been talking a lot about don't FOMO in, slow-mo in, right? You are slow mowing in to that decision because you understand there is potentially an injury, but what you're doing is testing to see to what level and degree, so you can start properly planning for a recovery from that injury, right? And because you approached it in that manner, When you did get the assessment from the professionals who are doing the MRIs and doing all the testing and saying, yes, you you did tear your meniscus, professionals will now say four, six plus weeks, right? But most players aren't approaching it with your approach. And because of that, you're able to put in place a program to dial in with your body. And that's why I say Wolverine strength, uh, Goku, Senso Bean uh, level uh, regeneration skills, right? To come back in three weeks. And the thing at the end that you're speaking to that I believe is extremely true in the, in the vein of uh, a lesson to be learned, that's a lesson and data point learned that's, that you saved yourself what would ne- normally, under most circumstances, be an additional three weeks of time. So that's, that's accelerated experience, that's accelerated learning, and that's also putting you in a more advantageous position. Right now, relative to the rest of the team, the rest of the league, the rest of individual your peers on that long-term winner's mindset trajectory here. So uh, I love that because we're taking it in real down into like right in front of our face because that's where we're making decisions every single day. But we're also tying it to a bigger picture that a lot of people who are outside looking in may not see. And the fact that you're letting them in to see what that process looks like in your mind in those moments when it comes to injuries, right, mm. is a level of insight and thoughtfulness that most players don't have and those who do mm. aren't willing to share. But if you went and rewatched episode on how to not be selfish with Earl Edwards Jr. episode, what was that, 56 – you'll see that this man is just speaking to principles, core principles of his being that he's been practicing for well over a year plus now. So it's amazing to see, it's amazing to see where you sit today relative to where you started. Right. And Mm -hmm. you can still, you're applying those same methods, but the experience that you're, you're gathering and your insight is very impressive. Like, so i wanted to like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want people to, People are spamming that heart button and seeing that as well, too, on, 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 on Instagram. I don't want people, just because someone can make something sound easy or, more importantly, look easy, does not mean that it is easy. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't take an extreme amount of dedication and time to the point where you're saying, hey, if i got to lift water bottles under the car with my four dogs in a you know, two-square-foot apartment and lift those weights so that I'm ready to go, be bad, bro, be bad. Uh, mm. no, I love that. And I I appreciate man, I appreciate you sharing that because that's that's it's it's insightful and it makes me think about just what it means to be a professional athlete, right? What it means to be a professional player and how much <laughs> how much goes in that's unseen. And that's just a tip of the iceberg, mm-hmm. right? So
1: Yeah, no, very much so. I think it's a good point. I think a lot of the stuff that we've Uh, worked on together and put in place over the last year and a half or two years, whatever it's been, I think um, has really created a a thought process or a mindset to eliminate the even option uh, of excuses um, in terms of being proactive um, or adapting on the fly. And I think uh, both are very important. But like for me, I had a feeling that this might be uh, a difficult situation at the hotel when we move. Um, so I made sure I had my dumbbells like accessible in the car and a weight vest and that, and those things available. Cause I knew it might be a difficult situation. Um, had I not done that, um, I'm confident I would have found other means to work out, but, um, you know, just the thought process of like, I don't want to even have the option of an out or an excuse. So at minimum, this is what i'll have access to to be able to do um and if i for whatever reason can't use this or um, hadn't thought of it that way trying to find another way to adapt on the fly and i think that's a testament to stuff that we've worked on because um you know i i don't know how many people are seeing you on your instagram and uh, your account even the stuff you're doing to stay in shape and work out And uh, I don't even know where you are with those tumbleweeds and cows and whatnot. (laughs) Uh, The runs you're doing on your property and your land and lifting logs and doing whatever it takes, you know, I think too often people, um, you know, see these examples of, and not to say, I'm not knocking these guys, but, you know, Tom Brady and LeBron James, these guys are going into their late thirties, forties, still looking like they're in their primes of their careers. And, um, uh, credit to them for the work they've put in to have the millions of dollars to then reinvest in their bodies and, and get to uh, maintain that level for so long. I think so often people look for like the perfect recipe, uh, the perfect trainer, the perfect gym, the perfect setup um, to be in shape and do what they have to do. And uh, when they don't have access to certain things, it's easy to find excuses. And I think that's something um, that was an issue for me in the past and then just kind of like almost became more accustomed to working out of my garage and putting things together that I can use um, to keep myself sharp and in shape and uh, really eliminating that possibility of excuses.
0: I love that. And that's a great transition over here. So uh, those who are joining in on the live on Instagram, welcome John Kemp uh Kempen just joined in um and dropped by George what's happening brother Zach 997 E. Heron welcome welcome for those of you who are joining in if you have any questions for Earl hop on over into zoom um perfectsoccerskills.com slash zoom we've got a couple of uh, attendees in the audience one of them being John Hollinger um uh, John by the way I was going through my phone and found some photos and original videos of when you when you found me at the coaches convention i want to say like two years ago when we first met so i'm gonna to have to send you that send you that uh that information so uh earl john has been a follower of the brand for time i think he connected with you and may have trained with you in some capacity back in in virginia
1: um we didn't get a chance to train and we uh we were in touch for a bit and then uh every now and then we'll touch base on on Instagram, but, um, definitely someone that I appreciate his work ethic and mentality. So someone I've kept in touch with for sure. That's
0: awesome. Well, okay. So John, John's question came in, uh, what was the driving force for you on those difficult days?
1: Yeah, I'm guessing, and John, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm guessing the difficult days is like the days in the snow where it didn't have convenience for working out. Um, for me at that point in time, like even when I was in Virginia, um, between COVID and occasional snow days um it was tough to find areas to train luckily i had like a turf field at the high school near me um, where uh you know i had to shovel out the six the six yard box to be able to train with a high school kid uh, to stay in shape but um you know and doing other stuff in my garage whatever using that turf field um there was a lot of work i put in that i knew when i got um to uh to New England specifically, that I didn't want to let three, four or five days of moving and traveling to then eliminate the last two and a half plus months of work that I had put in. Um, So if it was just getting a 20 minute run in and a lift with my dogs and lifting under the thing of the car, like, for me, that was worth it to at least maintain or not drop off too far based on all the work I had just put in. So I'm not wanting to lose that. That work I had put in, I think, was the biggest driving force, knowing that I wanted to set up, set myself up for uh, success come preseason in New England. And um, I don't know, maybe also answering that question in terms of, like, uh, you know, shoveling in the six-yard box and doing that stuff in Virginia when it could have been an easy out to choose not to train. Um, you know, I think part of, like, having COVID take soccer away from us um, and I think uh, more than anything, understanding that when you are on minimum contracts, um, you don't have options picked up in the history of your career or you do become a free agent for the first time and you're not sure if uh, a team's going to pick you up or why this team didn't resign you. Um, you know, the reality of like. this could be over tomorrow is very real Um, so uh, between that and uh, I guess hand in hand with that like I'm supporting my family by doing this so to understand that my wife was pregnant uh, I have an almost two year old daughter Um, this is is real for me in terms of providing for my family so I think that's a big jump (coughs) for some (coughs) for some people come from one level to the next is understanding once you get to the professional levels that um, men and women are trying to put food on the table for their families, so um, there's not a whole lot more motivation you need uh, than that but there are other factors as well
0: Uh, I love that and I think uh, for better or worse I tend to talk to those realities of the game a lot on the platform and channel right so sometimes that's not most people Mm -hmm. right but those who act Uh to get to this level and excel at this level and maintain a high level professionalism those realities are the reality and if you're you know if you don't have a wife and kids and you know uh, a minimum contract or something on the line and and that imagine how difficult it's going to be to go up against someone who has those things on the line and they're doing something for not only themselves but something bigger than themselves right so like You're not only up against the player on the day, you're up against the player's fight and willingness to fight and do whatever necessary to protect and build and provide for their family. Right. So the professional game is real. It's real life. Right. And most people play the game for their love of the game because they fell in love with it. Right. So it's, it's that, it's that art and that balance of, of what you love about the game and then what, and how that can be taken advantage on the field. So for yeah. so transitioning, right, kind of from from that aspect. Understanding, hey, you have been doing the work. You are dialed in. You have a good understanding of your body. You have a good understanding of where you are and where you want to go. What is the fun for you? What's the aspects that light you up that motivate you right that remind you why you got involved in the
1: game in the first place yeah no that's a good point actually before you ask the question i wanted to like try to uh clear that up because i do feel that there's a mesh of the two um so for me it's like the grind of the off season like off season to me is um the most difficult time of the year because there is no one um checking in on you on a daily basis to make sure you do most clubs anyway, uh, to make sure you did whatever workouts are laid out for you. Some clubs don't even provide workouts for you. Um, you know, there's, it's not like the NFL or NBA where you can come back and, Oh, you're a little out of shape. So here's a $50,000 fine or things that they do in the NFL. Like we don't have that level of um, accountability. Um, so it's really on us. Uh, and so for me, uh, the offseason, again, is, is the hardest time of the year because it's how do you not only not fall out of shape, not just maintain shape, but try to make gains within your game, within your body, uh, mentally. Um, how do you progress? Uh, I think the best athletes when you get into off seasons, you find ways to make your game better. Um, and I, I think those are the best athletes across the board. You look at guys in the NBA, NFL. You know, guys are constantly trying to add tools to their game, and I think that's very uh, – uh, translates well into soccer as well um, in, in terms of ways you can improve in off-seasons. Um, so uh, I think those are the times. Off-season, difficult days of training or weeks of training throughout the season as you get into, um, you know, the middle of the season and it's starting to feel like okay I understand every year you get into the middle of the year and you're kind of like okay the season is long and there's injuries and um your body's feeling it, everyone's body's feeling it and who can kind of uh get the most out of their bodies throughout the season I think there's a lot of days where I do have to uh remind myself uh what I'm why I'm doing it in terms of providing for my family to to push and grind and um, you know, continue to ultimately have that driving factor to, to help me continue to push. Um, but for me and what I just realized, and actually you'll get a kick out of this. because So I played a game with our second team about a week and a half ago. It was my first game, uh, first like real game in over a year. Um, and I came into it like full-blown, hyper wanting to be like hyper-focused killer instinct almost mad at the world mentality um and did not play well in my opinion and fair enough and you can scratch it up to rust whatever it was um but just knew that that wasn't uh even remotely close representation of the player that i am um so then i have to you know get back into training and understand that kind of put that behind me, understanding that's not the player that I am, and then assess as to why I approached the game that way, if it was the right approach, um, and what I could improve on, um, and realize that my approach to games themselves, if they're not filled with uh, love of the game, free spirit, fun, almost uh, uh, cockiness, arrogance, I know I'm good at this game, a mentality that I can fall into this, like I'm trying to prove myself as opposed to already knowing that I'm of a certain level um, and just let my qualities come through. Uh, so then we played another game, uh, played another game uh, Tuesday evening um, with the second team and very much so had a relaxed, enjoyable warm up where I'm having the time I'm able to laugh because um, I'm confident in my abilities. I'm confident in the work I've put in, um, I, having that experience in the first game was important. I do believe that going from that to my mentality in the second game is a, uh, level of, you know, knocking off the rust, so to speak, and then feeling like myself again through a warm up and an approach to a game and, um, played significantly better than I did in the first game and starting to again, feel like myself again, coming out of that injury and um, getting some quality training under my belt. Um, so I do believe, uh, the grind hard work mentality and that being driven by providing for my family is good for me uh, for training, maintaining my body in the offseason, things of that sort. But when it comes to game day, um, for me, it's very important to be lighthearted, understand it's a game, enjoy the game, know that I'm good at the game. I've put the work in and to just enjoy kind of the fruits of my labor at that point, as opposed to looking at it like a grind and I'm trying to push and at that point, it's time to have fun. I think the work and the, the mentality throughout the week is is a different one than on a game day for me. Um, and again, more so enjoying the fruits of my labor as opposed to feeling like I'm out here working and grinding and it's difficult. And I think it's two different mentalities. And um, yeah, this helped me kind of process and work through that. So I appreciate it. Yeah, of
0: course, it. man. I, I love that because I think you can get so in inside your own head, right? And that's the right approach. But uh when we talk about it where where I say, you know, your greatest strength becomes your greatest weakness given enough time, right? So living in the extremes allows you to find the balance. So most people are trying to find balance, but you can't find balance if you don't know what the extremes are. So if you've been extremely lazy, that can be valuable because you spent your streaming lazy so long that you're out of shape. And now you're like, Oh gosh, okay, this is terrible. I don't want to experience that again, but then you can go so obsessed and so laser focused that it's that killer mentality. I'm no, I don't even remember why I play this game and uh, it, other than just to win, just to win sake and that's it. Right. And then now you have those two experiences that you can now use as guiding posts to remain, to maintain that balance space and to, Mm -hmm. And to remember that it's a game at the end of the day. Right. And Mm -hmm. it can provide for your family and it can be this and it can be all these things, but it also can be over tomorrow. So if Mm -hmm. that's true as well to enjoy today in the moment, but the Mm -hmm. times where, you know, it's time to get work done, get your work done and then enjoy. Mm -hmm. And I I love what you had said in terms of like almost two sets of mentalities or two personas, like during the week it's DBAB and on the weekend it's still DBAB, but, but it's, I did the work during the week. So here I get to enjoy the fruits of my labor. It's like your cheat cheat day, right? Like mm-hmm. I ate salad and drank water and worked out all week. And now game day is my day where I get to enjoy myself, pizza, ice cream, good times. Mm-hmm. Most everyone else is eating pizza and ice cream all week. And then their game day is the day that they eat salad and drink some water. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe that everyone seems on the same level or in the same plane in the first couple of weeks, but come a couple of months and later in the season, that's really where you see the benefit and the fruits of your labor over time. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, I guess, excuse me, you know, where I sit in terms of my experience in the league Having been in the league for a long time, right, and understanding the the ups and downs and roller coaster of a season, and where you ultimately get to every at every stage and point in the year, when you get there, relative to the season, gives a good indicator as to where you're going to end up, right. And mm-hmm. I'm excited to see how the season goes and where everything's um, how everything's progressing because I think. I think it's just kind of it's just the beginning, um, of uh, yeah. Uh, That's where I just tell everybody, hey, stay tuned. Make sure you're staying and following them and paying attention to the story of Earl because I think it's a it's a it's an awesome one, and I'm 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 glad to be a part of it um, in some way. I've always appreciated our conversations and uh, appreciated us working together both on and off the field. So it's cool to get the behind the scenes right like uh Mm -hmm. you know i'm like you mentioned i am in free agency i'm outside looking in to your point it could be all over Mm -hmm. it could be the start of a 10 a secondary 10 year career we will see i don't know Mm -hmm. either way either way maybe i'll be out here on the on the ranch and uh putting you through an off-season training
1: (laughs) (laughs) there you go a little uh what was that like rocky three rocky four like out in the (laughs) <laughs> Out in the sticks doing workouts with the, with the I don't even know wood posts <laughs> and whatnot. It takes,
0: bro. Like, hey, okay, I guess this is what this is what we're doing now. Ad- adapt or die.
1: Adapted. Yeah. <laughs> um.
0: All right. I. Uh, okay. So I know we could we could transition and take it a whole like a bunch of different ways. in a, I mean, there's the things that you've been working on, things you've been developing on the field, off the field, ideas that you're having things that you're excited about, what's some stuff that you maybe want to kind of rap about or get into or share or bring up or kind of where, where, where do you want to take it?
1: Uh, I think it'd be, I think this is a cool time. I know we've been talking about this and uh, I know he's listening in too. I think it would be a cool time to kind of introduce people that are watching to the story of a dear friend of mine and a, uh, a brother to me. Uh, His name's uh, Zach Harold. Him and I played in residency together. Um, You know, so we played together from our uh, sophomore year of high school. Oh, he's tuning in now. Um, So I'll kind of wrap up my little summary and let him say a little something too. But him and I, so Zach and I played in residency together. Uh, So from our sophomore year of high school through our senior year of high school, um, graduated early. Uh, played in U-17 World Cup together, um, were roommates throughout residency. His mom, being in Florida, would come up and take care of the both of us, help us do laundry, take us out to eat. She was like a second mom to me. So um, him and I were very close. I'm close with his family. And uh, so we actually uh, came out of residency. I decided to go to school. He decided to go pro, was a Generation Adidas, a uh, contracted player. I was drafted by Toronto FC. Um, thereafter, after was diagnosed with a heart condition, um, and was forced to retire. And, um, I don't know if Zach remembers this as vividly as I do, but, um, you know, he, he called me, uh, he called me, I don't know if that was the day Zach that you got that diagnosis or what, but I remember I'll never, there's, there was, I've had some difficult phone calls in my life. That's right up there in the top three where, um, You know, I was I was in a parking lot in San Diego getting a California burrito, and uh, I remember just getting that phone call, bawling, crying, uh, with you being forced to retire, and uh, the two of us are just crying on the phone, just kind of destroyed at the fact that that dream was ripped away from you. And uh, you know, in the last uh, month or so now, uh, Zach has now seen more doctors, uh, and uh, there's been new developments, developments, research, understanding. Around what he was diagnosed with, and um, I guess we could chalk it up to it was a misdiagnosis, um, so to speak. Um, there's <laughs> Zach's got something to say about that, uh, so I'll 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 let you chime in, Zach. But uh, I, I will say the kid is the kid is healthy and uh, more than willing to try to make a, a return and a run back at professional soccer. So, and without further ado
2: yeah no guys it's so pleasure. absolute pleasure being on you guys um and yeah it's kind of an interesting story of mine for the last 11 years I've kind of been through um a lot mentally I think that's probably been affected the most so I think that you know being in touch with you guys um especially um reconnecting a lot more with Earl someone who I consider family um and, and now you Quincy who I think uh, will, will be really really good and just my own return and just getting to know you a little bit more and just help me a little bit more mentally because this last 11 years with the whole diagnosis was rough. Um, first three, four years kind of go through that initial shock of this is the only thing I ever wanted to do in life. I didn't have a plan B um, went full gung-ho for, for soccer and knew that college wasn't the route for me um, to now finding out, uh, you know, a month ago that I'm perfectly healthy and I'm medically cleared. Um, a lot of, emotions even still going on and still trying to process this till to this day but um you know finding out that 11 years ago it wasn't really more it wasn't really such a a misdiagnosis but no no doctor would have cleared me back then it was just like a trifecta of of a series of bad events you know I had thickening in my heart because of athlete's heart I had scarring in my heart because of a viral infection at some point in my life um, plus a really abnormal EKG so no no doctor was willing to clear me at that time but um it's it's interesting that it's taken 11 years for a doctor to kind of open up Pandora's box so to say i've i've been seeing cardiologists regularly since then and i think one of them in the past 10 11 years could have said hey there's there's something not right here why why are you not playing soccer so i think that it would be a disservice to myself not to give it a run i think that if i look back in 6 to 7 years from now and say that i didn't try my utmost Uh, best to try to at least you know play again at whatever level that may be Um, I'll look back and regret that my whole life so I think that um, you know getting started is probably the hardest part which I've kind of started to do Um, but it's not something that I can do on my own you know I'm going to need people around me and I'm going to need a plan so um, it's kind of the very beginning and I'm just really excited about the process to be honest.
0: Awesome brother no I I'm excited too. So uh, maybe I'll give a little, little bit. One first, nice to meet you. Cause for everybody, uh-huh. this is my first time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk about figuring out stuff and doing stuff on the fly. You know, Earl hit me up. Maybe I don't even know what two or three days ago. What was it like three, three days ago?
1: Yeah. Maybe like three days ago. Uh, but yeah, Zach Quincy, Quincy's out, <laughs> um, and, uh, this is this is cool for me and the audience like these are obviously for everyone that's watching these are two guys that um, I couldn't be closer with uh, I love them both and so it's kind of cool to all be in the same room together um, and kind of helping each other out along similar jir- journeys mentally and in the soccer space so I think it'll be a fun journey for you guys to watch as we'll kind of explain what our part of our plan so is like here.
0: okay so talking about in terms of on the fly right uh, that's what the DBAB MSL mentality has been, right? But making uh, calm out of chaos, right? And understanding that, you know, the professional sports is nothing but a roller coaster of, an emotion, of emotions. And uh, if there's ever been a, a roller coaster of emotions, you've definitely been on that for the last 11 years, right? So one, deal with getting everything taken away from you that you went all in on. So you literally said, I'm going pot committed. Let's go to the moon and then... Uh, what I think a lot of people are going to be experiencing with this Dogecoin. So we're going to relate all this back to cryptocurrency because that's what I've been, uh, that's what I've been on trying to educate these people who are coming into the market for the first time. Right. So cool. Secure your bags. We're going to the moon, but life can, to your point, a series of unfortunate events, um, the buildup on your heart, right. A viral infection. And then more importantly, liability, a lot of, doctors are basically saying, look, maybe there's a 30% chance there's nothing wrong here, but I don't want to put my, you know, my career or my practice on the line so early in the process or stage, you know, so it's to your point, um, a series of unfortunate events, right. But that experience led you down a path that you now have to my understanding, a very good, uh, experience on the coaching side. You're currently with uh, Atlanta United, correct? Yep. So with the academy team? Yep. The academy. So you have a very unique perspective on the game from the coaching, from the coaching side, from the, the framework side. And uh, what was interesting is also in this off season. So it, it all makes sense in the end where I'm coming out with all this stuff. Right. So in, in also in this off season while doing the farm as well too, I'd signed up for the first time they provided the online coaching course to see the framework that they utilize in educating players and how they want to go about uh, building that. I have my own thoughts on that, but at least I understand the language and how they're trying to approach it. Right there. And there's, it, it gave me a better understanding of why certain messages don't resonate with players and what they get wrong and what they're getting wrong from the perspective of the coaching, from the coaching side while playing. So I see this as a very unique opportunity to test a few ideas in one place. Cause you really say, Hey, I, I was a player. Now I've been a coach and now I'm going to re-enter into the space as a player with all of this coaching experience. Right? So the player you are today is not the player you were 10 years ago, obviously just physically in general. Right. But mentally you probably feel you're a lot closer to that player than you actually are physically.
1: Yep. And
0: that's what you'll start to experience when you start getting back into it. And that's the, oh, man, preseason's a little longer than I thought it, you know what I mean, that I'm used to it being. And uh, uh, recovery might not be what I'm used to. Um, and I speak more to the athletic aspect of it. So the background I got from Earl was uh, you're an athletically talented and gifted player, correct? Absolutely, yeah. With technical ability which is why you were so highly touted and, and on, on a certain trajectory to basically want to go all in, right? Yeah, yeah. So with the assumption of where you're starting out right now, uh, and Earl is well aware of this, we, we think and plan, worst case scenario first, develop a plan out from there. That way, if we're wrong, we end up with more, not less. Yep. So when I'm approaching it, I'm looking at it more as like, let's say, okay, you've lost 40% of your athletic gift that set you apart from everybody. Cool, let's just start from there. Your technical ability lost as well too, just relative to time. Now, you have a massive advantage in terms of your coaching experience. Um, I'm sure the research and amount of time and focus you've dedicated to the game from a technical aspect, right? like breaking down the components, puts you in another category compared to other players. right? Um, So... That's where we would really attack creating a program that accounts for that, because I think the most important thing in my mind, when I'm looking at it, is very similar to even how I was critically listening to Earl's story about how he was talking about his injury and recovery from injury, right? And where certain individuals would stop at one point and say, oh, okay, well, you know, multiple meniscus injury, that's not positive. It's going, okay, what was the recovery time, right? What was his approach? Did he bring that to your attention? How is he going about his recovery? Has he learned from those lessons? Those things are greater indicators for future future returns. I'm gonna tie this back to Doge. Point. <laughs> Most of the people who are getting in on it right now are doing so with no due diligence, no thought process, other than I see other people getting in. That's what I've been talking about here when I've been saying don't sl- don't FOMO in, slow-mo in. That's the correct approach at this point in time. Opportunities are plentiful. This particular opportunity is very rare, right? So when you're saying, hey, I'm looking at it with regard to, I don't want to look back in three, four, five years and say that I didn't at least try. That's, place to start in but you're also not looking at it as doge to the moon put that all in because you have the experience of that 10 years ago right so you're at a great you're in a great position to try and take advantage of this opportunity because i believe you have the network the support the story the people who are backing you i think the difficulties you're going to run into Is the physical side which was obvious would obviously be tied to the mental because then it's saying like okay am i am i actually hurt am i pushing myself too much like what's the right pace that's where i'll very much speak to the three s's of self-awareness self-honesty self-initiative self-accountability right like we can always adjust and create a plan on the fly but that comes down to your ability to self-analyze and uh hopefully to share as raw of data and experience that you have in the moment with the understanding that we're all in this trying to create the best framework and environment for you to accomplish this goal. Cause I want to, I want to see, like, I just found out about this a couple of days ago and I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. I'm all in. I love it. <laughs> I want to see this happen.
1: Yeah.
0: So, uh, but the way that we make that happen is, and this is the same, similar to a conversation I had with Earl the other day in terms of you got to burst your own bubble. There's a reason why we love this. We want to get on board, but we also are saying like, okay, um, how do we make sure we're not FOMOing in on this? And um, from from kind of that context and setting that foundation, cause I said like, this is our first time meeting and stuff. So you're understanding like kind of my approach to it, how I'm thinking about it and, um, how I'll be sharing information and maybe asking questions to to get the best out of you or the worst out of you to get the best out of you. Um, Where do you feel you most need help or how do you feel I could best be of help? How do you feel Earl could be best be of help? How do you feel like, like with where you're at right now? Cause it's still kind of early in the process, right?
2: Yes. It's super early. And I think that, like you said, at the beginning, I was like, so happy that I just wasn't going to die on a field that I signed up for a men's league right away. And I played a full 90, which probably wasn't the best idea, but I just wanted to play again. And like, all my coworkers are like, Oh my God, you got to play. So that was like a four day recovery before I could even hop on a bike again. Um, so physically, let's just say that I'm at like the bottom of the barrel, right. Bottom of the barrel, but I'm in this like weird spot where like you, you, you explained it really well. Like I'm, I'm in this spot where I feel really good mentally, where I want to keep pushing myself. Like even today, um, I had a few workouts in the morning and I can feel that I'm like probably more sore and more tight than I should be, um, to keep pushing through, but it's like, do I want to keep pushing through or do I want to take this really slowly? Um, because there's really no rush. Right. Um, I think that just making sure that I'm on the right track and that I'm doing stuff, Um, It's probably the most important thing, but I don't really know what to do in the exact moment. So I think right now, utilizing all the resources that I have at Atlanta United is probably the most important thing to do. Um, I spoke to Earl about, you know, getting with our sports scientists and getting with our medical staff just to see where I'm at in a baseline in terms of physically. What should I be doing? Should I be rehabbing certain things that are probably too sore and too tight? Um, And then kind of build a base from there and, and look at like an extended preseason for myself before I even jump into another men's league or any type of physical activity. Um, because I'm in an interesting situation where I can use a lot of resources at Atlanta United, right. I can potentially jump in with USL because they need the number and they, they, they want to see me come back too. But, um, is it smart to do that within the next month? You know? Um, so it's an interesting thing right now. I think the biggest thing that I need is I need, and I need people that are smarter than me in the physical aspect to be like, no, this is where you're at. This is how long it's going to take um it's a marathon not a sprint let's just get you back there to, to a level to where you feel okay enough to even train um because right now I feel amazing headspace wise because I've just found out this amazing news but my body's like whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you gotta take it you gotta take it back a couple whoa, whoa,
0: what is what is this bro haven't yeah. seen this in some time yeah okay. okay so this is great I'm gonna tie I'm gonna tie this into you, the conversation that Earl and I were, were just having earlier in terms of In order to find the balance, you've got to find the extremes, right? And hey, I could only imagine the elation, the honeymoon phase of just finding out that you could play again. I had a very similar experience over here with basketball. To to Earl's point, the last six or seven months, it's just been me on a ranch throwing logs and figuring out two ball training with my sons and running hills, right? I went and played basketball because it was a team one and I'm jumping for boards I haven't played in like eight years and I'm jumping for boards. I shouldn't get an undercut and just slamming the ground. And I'm like, oh, okay. Real life. Right? right. So you have to get that experience. And you did. And even the fact that you're talking me through like, Hey, okay. I wouldn't played 90 minutes. And then it was four days of recovery. And then I had to reassess who I am, where I am and what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. So that's a great start. Cause I'm going like, Hey, where are you at? The, have you had that? Uh, hit of reality yet. And you have, okay, cool. So now to your point, what's the timetable here? So you're, how old are you right now?
2: I'm 28 turn 29 okay. next month. Okay. 29 next month. Now
0: in your mind where you sit right now, when, when's the longest you would want to wait to be able to play in your first professional game? So let's say if I said every Extra day you could wait is an extra thousand dollars in your pocket. How far out would you push it before you get to play your first
2: professional game? I think a year from now, realistically, probably longer than that, but yeah, a year and a half. What's the farthest you would want to go? Two years is probably max. Okay. Because if I'm starting at that baseline at 30 31, I think that it I don't know. I don't I don't know what type of player I am anymore either as well. Okay, so how can you make that how can you make that decision right now? I can't really. But
0: have you just made it? Somewhat. (laughs) Okay. So the goal is to set yourself up for success, right? You said marathon, not sprint right? Your words, not mine. Okay. On a 10 year timescale is one year, a sprint. No.
2: Nah. I mean, yeah, obviously. Um, yes. Okay.
0: On a, on a two year scale.
2: No. Still a sprint.
0: Okay. You, you get what I'm saying? So yeah. Yeah, I'm saying, okay, it's a mental game. That's what I talk about here. M- MSL mental strength league game of 40 chess. Who are you up against? You're up against yourself now and who you want to be in the future. And you're trying to, uh, you're trying to grow into that position or space or advantage or wherever you want to be. Right? So you're 28 turning 29. You've been out the game for 10 years. I'm not saying you can't do it in a year. I want to make sure I'm making that clear. I'm not saying that you can't. I'm just asking if your approach is such that you have to be back in a year or that's when you would like to be back. Do you think that in the short term, you might make decisions that lead you to coming back too early. So using Earl as an example, right? Like where I was really pointing to that I wanted to bring attention to with how he approached it was saying he's had the injury before most would say, Oh, that's, that's an issue. That's a problem. I go, no, 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 that's a positive because he at least has something to compare it to. Right. So he has a data point. Now he's going to show me how much of a veteran he is. Okay. Okay. Are you able to use that to make a sound decision and not push yourself so far that you're out two months, three months? Great. I now see that you had a torn meniscus, which I'm already in my mind as a coach thinking, okay, six weeks, maybe longer, and maybe I've lost him for three or four months because it's going to take him time to get back in shape, get games, get all that right now. If I'm a coach who's already checked out from Earl thinking uh, maybe I'll have him back in three or four months and now he's back in three weeks Attention back. Wait, okay, what's this? What's that mean? And then it's that's me saying, okay, Earl, attention's on you now for doing that. Did you approach it in a manner that's sustainable over the long term? Did you slow-mo in? Did you not FOMO in? Right. And taking that same lesson, that approach, and applying it to where you're at is now saying, like, okay, how do we how do we get a base level as to where you are physically from the individuals and the resources that you have, because you're gonna get that, right? Which is awesome. Where you're at mentally, but also the timetable you've already put in place for yourself, right? So it's almost saying like, okay, how are we going to determine uh, what risk is worth taking in the moment? And I'll get really, really specific to this. And Earl, I hope you're okay with me sharing this in terms of a conversation we've had. Uh, with relation to
1: how he approached- So allergy. when do I get to say if I'm okay with it? Uh,
0: <laughs> that's
1: true. Because that's true. Okay I want to share. No, nah, uh, go, go ahead. You know I'm good with it. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. Go ahead. You know I am okay.
0: I knew you'd be good with it, but that's what I'm saying. Like, hey, I hope, because this one is where it's going a little bit deeper. And where I'll say, I won't go into full details on it. I'll just say the decision he made in how he would approach it and the risk you take, we also took into consideration- what workers' compensation options would be available to him later down the line, as well as his ability to potentially uh, get treatment for that injury post-career. So that went into him deciding whether or not he will push it for an extra day or two to get that data point. We literally went all the way out to, okay, Earl at 40, who is now – done or eh, no, actually Earl at 50. Cause Earl's dialed in. Right. So at Earl at 50, when he's done and his knees have no cartilage or anything in it, and he's creaking around, right? Like, is he looking back on Earl today and going, that was the wrong decision? Or is he saying, Hey, okay, I understand why you made that decision. It was the right decision. And you didn't screw over Earl at 50, right? You didn't sign away your rights to to uh, worker's comp because you want an extra 20 or 30% money today, right? And that's what a lot of players are doing. They're, they're sacrificing, setting their future self up for success. And that's what we're talking about here right now. And we're saying, okay, what are all the data points, all the decision trees we can pull from? What are your individual goals? What do you want to accomplish? What is your timeframe? And how do we create the best plan and the best uh, support and feedback for you to pull from and and do it. Cause like I said, I'm going back. Hey, I want to see you make it, bro. I want to see you do it. Uh, if, if the timetable's a year, year and a half, two, cool. Um, there's going to be moments in time where you'll have to take some risk, right? Push yourself. There's going to be times you want to quit question yourself. Like why, why am I doing this? What's the point? Um, but that's professional sports, man. And I'm here. And um, I know Earl's here. And yeah, man, I'm excited, like, uh, kind of from, from that, because I, the one thing that I tend to do and Earl, Earl knows this, especially as I've been getting better at developing this part of my approach, right. Just try to solve all the world's problems and everything all in one day at one conversation <laughs> at a, at a time. So, uh, and to Earl's point where said, well, when am I going to get to say if I'm okay <laughs> with it or not, right. Uh, that's, that's where you can help me, right. Like, Hey. I don't like that. I'm not okay with this. This is what I prefer. Not this, not that. That's how I learn and I adjust. I'm not um, sensitive. I'm not going to take offense to it. I actually, I, I appreciate right when pushback and and that. So um, that's where you can you can
2: help me um, best help you. So yeah. No, I think it's going to be great. And I think and all that. I think that um, it all comes at a really interesting time in my life as well because. As a player, I think that I had the talent and mentally, I mean, I talk about it as a coach nowadays with the kids, but I mean, the game is easily 70% mental, if not more. Um, And that mental side of the game, I never really had because I I was just talented enough to get the job done always. Um, And now it's not the case, right? It's the complete opposite where I'm going to have to be really mentally astute and really switched on in terms of my approach to this. Um, and it's going to be a challenge for me, but it comes in a really good time because I'm a bit complacent where I am right now in, in the coaching world and where I am in life. And I think it's time that I just really push through some barriers individually and see where I can come out the other side.
0: Oh, I love that. So I love that. So Earl, where do you feel, what do you think is best next steps? How do you feel we should kind of approach things moving forward? Um, I know we had we had spoken, we spoke briefly a couple of days ago as to kind of some ideas of how to kind of organize it, but even just giving some some context after you've thought about it a little bit more, what do you think it would, would be best?
1: Yeah, so I you and I talked about, and I've mentioned it to Zach too, so we're all kind of on the same page. So we're more so filling in the audience on uh, kind of all the conversations we've had. Um, so uh, we spoke about in terms of getting, you Zach started uh with official MSL training um uh, I talked to Zach today Quincy about uh doing the time management sheet um and something I have uh well just from knowing each other I know it's not something Zach's gonna love doing uh, but we talked about it today I hated it. uh understand everybody hates it <laughs> yeah and I and I kind of uh and I, I talked Zach through this too like I wasn't uh I wasn't kind of decided on if I would tell him uh, exactly why he would hate it or not Got it. um but I did tell him and I, I did tell him because there was a side to me that wished that you would have told me um <laughs> as to like because I remember <laughs> so you I'm sorry yeah, I won't I, well Zach like
0: we were figuring out that out on the fly because Earl was the first person who wanted to really understand and break down the MSL and that training side. And I was like, oh, okay, well, this is what I do. So I said, okay, here you go. Here's time management. Here's this. And that's where I got to see his experience of like, bro, this is terrible. Like, I hate this. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but yeah, no, go ahead. So like, he's the best person to speak to. That's why I said, Earl, what do you feel is the best? Because yeah. you went through it firstborn son, like, and that's been my experience. I'm Mm -hmm. the eldest and firstborn son. You're the guinea pig. Mm -hmm. You're the test dummy. So you're just used to just, We didn't know you, you, we didn't know then now, you know, your sister's cool. So, so, so sorry. (laughs) Yeah. So Yeah. Better help me understand where you feel is the best
1: way to approach it. Yeah. So I, it was interesting because for me, even as I was doing the timesheet, um, I wasn't sure if I was supposed to be hating it or miserable while I was doing it. I wasn't sure if I should report back to you that I was hating it and miserable, or more specifically, as to why I was hating it and miserable doing it. Um, I just didn't want to talk about any of it. So I just ended up avoiding you and kind of actually being depressed for a couple of weeks because what it forces you to do is analyze and literally write down how you're spending your time. Um, And for a lot of people, you're forced to. Address how much time you're wasting. Um, so as I was doing that, I was just like, "What am I?" It kind of was like, "What am I doing with my life?" Um, off the field, so to ha- to have to address that and and face it head on was diff- extremely difficult for me. To the point uh, where we both remember that point in time, where two to three weeks, I literally like didn't make eye contact with you, avoided you, stopped doing the timesheet, and kind of went into this whole depression because I was questioning that so much. And eventually just turn to you like bro I'm going through something I don't know what it is and we broke it down to like it's the timesheet that's triggered that and how can you now just improve and work on that whatever it is but getting away from the timesheet was to my detriment because trying to act like it wasn't there anymore was what caused me to be depressed instead of doing something about it so um so I share all that because uh you know if I can share with somebody like do this time sheet the point of it is for you to see how you're spending your time um and you'll very quickly realize that there's probably better ways you can spend your time um so just for me I shared that with Zach I'm obviously now sharing it with the audience as well and when you do the time sheet there is a purpose um and I think the purpose is to very much so have to sit there and force yourself to understand how you're spending your time are you spending it wisely um, or can you be uh, more efficient and more effective with your time? So, um, that's something that Zach will be starting up, uh, next week, uh, obviously with the baby on the way, I'm like massaging some of these things, but, uh, I'll get it over to him by next week. Um, we'll hit the ground running with that. And then, um, on top of that, uh, obviously Zach has, uh, the stuff he wants to do with the medical staff and things of that sort at, at Atlanta. So we talked about, you know, just being in touch, um a few times a week just to make sure we're on the same page with what the plan is um just having that constant communication as i had with you through 2019 quincy in the locker room of like where i'm at mentally what i'm going through on and off the field and i've i've said this too many times like having that access to you all the time led me to wanting to work with perfect soccer and that access accountability that feedback um someone you feel like you can just depend on uh, help me through my process working with you over the last two years. So uh, I want to be that same thing for Zach. Um, and I know we obviously, Zach and I have that background and relationship where he trusts me wholeheartedly. Um, and now I just feel over the last couple of years, I've developed tools to really be able um, to help him through this process, along with your help, Quincy. And, um, you know, Zach with the desire to want to make, to go through this journey and uh, make this comeback I feel like we are creating a really strong network to help him get that done. So um, another part of it is, so while Zach and I are meeting on a every other day basis, weekly basis, whatever it is, um, I think it would be really cool um, for all three of us, for the audience to have Zach come back on every two weeks or once a month back onto the show and kind of discuss where we're at. Um, So for everybody, while, um, you know, Quincy's in free agency and still doing his thing on mental strength training. Um, I'm in the middle of my career um, going through different things, still working constantly on uh, mental strength. And then Zach with his journey to, for, the, for the audience to see uh, how the three of us are going to work together to get that feedback to see where Zach's at in his journey, how, where I'm at in my career, how you can help us both, Quincy, how the both of us can help Zach. I think, uh, again, with I I think very much so being highlighted, Zach's journey and his return and documenting that and giving feedback and people hearing that story as the story's unfolding, uh, you know, I think is a pretty amazing thing and and something people um, to their benefit should tune into.
0: You're getting my, you guys get my wheels turning. Okay. And now I'm already, (laughs) okay. I was telling Serena this. So, a couple things. One, Serena's, Serena's his wife, by the way. Oh, So so Serena's my wife, right? And uh, first and foremost, so we've just updated the show from Instagram onto Zoom. And what we're talking about, thinking about implementing, and it sounds like we've already done that here right now, is Instagram is limited to the first hour. So now I'll start giving everybody updates like, hey, the show could continue on past the first hour, but you've got to join us over on Zoom. So that's already happened, right? So what's great is those who are in attendance right now, are getting uh, basically insider info and first first understanding like what the story is, what the plan is, and how we're doing. Uh, Joe Jackson just said, "Sounds like a great idea. I love to follow the journey." So he's looking forward to it. And Serena just waved in the panel as well to you. So that's the first point that I'm realizing with what we're able to create in terms of this system. Also, where I was speaking with Serena and talking with Samantha earlier. Um, Earl on the with the contract lawyer who's helping us with that NFT project that we've been working on, I get news last. So even with you speaking and sharing right now is making me go like, oh, I actually understand what we can do with this based on the experience we've just gathered since 2019, right? Earl, like so I'm gonna try to condense this down because I could go on a long journey with this, right? But my experience with Earl in his, in him sharing with us now, which I, I really appreciate saying like, Hey, I went through kind of like a bout of depression and I avoided you for two and a half, three weeks. Right. From my perspective at that time, Earl was all in, all in, and then cut off communication with me. So for me, I just took a step back and went, okay, I don't know what's going on. Give him time and space. Right. So, so I'm not thinking about it. It's not you know what I mean? It's not registering until now I see him the two or three weeks later, like, all right, Hey, this is a real issue and problem. I'm like, oh, of course, man, I'm here. Like, what's the deal to his point? We got to the bottom of it said, Oh, the time management sheet. And that's when I realized how powerful of a tool that is and why I created like some training for the audience to basically say like, Hey, this definitely can be, uh, Can be and will be the most valuable tool and asset and resource you possibly have if you work it, right? To Earl's point, the the experience wasn't meant to be difficult on purpose, but I can see how it's difficult if you start realizing how much of your time you're wasting. And that's really what the time management sheet does. It's just a reminder, a constant reminder of you saying, You're full of crap, you're full of crap, you're full of crap. Are you done being full of crap yet? You done being full of crap yet. And that's not a good feeling. it makes you feel really it makes you feel terrible. And your first inclination is typically to do what's easy and that's run away, right? But Earl is someone who has big goals, aspiration, ambition. So he eventually it's he chose he chose to overcome that, right? So that's a great extreme that he can now use to find balance. And since Earl had that experience and that mistake, and I had that mistake of not understanding why I'd give someone the heads up as to what the purpose of the time management is, right? I now can speak to that and we can accelerate a process of three weeks of three or four weeks of unnecessary suffering that Earl went through. Maybe it's like two or three days because you're like, I know what it is. You get what I'm saying? So like, that's how we can really accelerate and break, break this down from that perspective. So, When I was saying I like to approach it from assuming worst case scenario and building up, what I'm realizing in this moment is all of the tools, resources, and network we have now that Earl and I didn't have back in 2019 when we were starting out, right? And one of those is now I'm going like, okay, we need to get you on a Perfect Soccer podcast episode, so we need to get you connected with Paul to do that, so we've got that, and we can kind of tell your story there. We can then talk with Todor, who's their video editor, who's going to chop this up and put it together. And I'll say, hey, Todor, now I'm talking to Todor, Uh, when you're clipping this, clip the secondary half of this show as the story of Zach, right? So we can build this up as kind of promo content, as well as setting the foundation as to, in my mind now, saying the last Thursday of every month will be Zach day, right? Where we're doing the the month check-in and update as to where you're at. And if people don't know where we're at, we'll create its own folder and its own tab on the Perfect Soccer Training Center. So people can then go back and rewatch the origin story, us talking through it behind the scenes. You see, you don't just see the highlight of you eventually getting on that pro field one day, hopefully, and the goal is, They can see us literally meeting for the moment, having this conversation here, breaking it down, planning it out, and then hopefully over the next several months, see the ups and downs of it and how we adjust and adapt. Hmm. While also using this content, using this content as a means to not only uh, grow to a wider audience so people can follow on your journey, you can continue to build your network. now my wheels are turning because I'm even thinking of this in terms of like you're in the Atlanta market. Yeah, you're in the Atlanta market. We've already got connections and ties with there from the PR angles. We can also pitch this with some people that I'm already talking to. So now I'm thinking about going and speaking to some people. Maybe we're doing a docu series, So someone's even coming out maybe once a week or every other week to do kind of behind the scenes with you and tracking that as well. I think the real question now becomes because I can... <laughs> Like I said, I go real massive with this. What is your, what do you want out of this? Like, do you want it to be more low key? Just doing it on your own, not that, just simple kind of check-ins. Do you want to try to turn it into a docu-series that we're pitching to networks or televisions to pick it up? Like how much time, do you have a wife and kids? Like we haven't even gotten to that side. Like, do you have other responsibilities outside of this? Or are you at a point where you can be like, I'm all in on this in every aspect. So that, that would be helpful for me. So I don't end up <laughs> going, going way too far. Uh, off no, the I, th-
2: I think that um, not documenting it would be silly. Right? I think that it would be, especially with the world we live in now, I think that um, documenting it would be amazing just for the public to see, but whatever happens, I think the story in itself is just an incredible one. And the fact that I'm going to try to, um, do this is, I think it would be great for everyone to follow along. Um, and the only really thing that I have is work, right? Like I've talked to Earl about this today. It's like right now I still have a full-time job, right? So I can work out in the morning. And then as soon as I get into the office around 12 o'clock, one o'clock every day, I'm there until eight, eight forty five. 30, eight 45. I mean, I sat down, I was cooking while you guys first started chopping it up. And then I'm eating while you guys are chopping it up. And then I just usually just go into my room and it's, it's the nightcap. Right. So um, I don't know how much time, other than the morning that I have right now, to really dedicate to this. But I'm still wanting to go all in. So I think that that's something that I'm going to have to come to at some point. Do I go all in um, with this? Do I continue down my, my coaching career while I try this? Um, but I think that not document it would be silly. Okay. But so I'm that's- single as can be. No, 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 um, no obligations at all, other than work. Got it. Okay. So then let's, let's break it down
0: like this. We'll say first month is testing phase. You getting an understanding of time management, breaking that down. So you can, so we can create a plan where you can do both, right? Maintain your coaching career and path while also dedicating to coming back to the sport, because if you don't have any obligations other than yourself right now, you have more than enough time to be able to do both. It just comes down to, do you have the mental, stamina right now to maintain a high level for both we don't know right and one month in two months in it kind of looks different and know that if it does get too hard or it's too difficult that's where we'll have those conversations the heart to hearts the real moments and be like okay are we at a time where we need to choose are we choosing the path or this like that's going to happen right so as long as we know that those are coming and we're prepared Now we're making less emotional decisions and more uh, analytical in the moment ones. And even with that heads up and that clarity, that's helpful for me because now it's saying, okay, hey, let's spend this first two weeks getting the time management in place. Also, I've got some previous programs uh, for other mentees of mine in the past that was already kind of built out. Earl, that can hopefully help give you framework for putting together uh, the first initial one with Zach. It'll be a lot, right, in terms of going through, but at least you'll know how to track and be in alignment with it. Um, and then from there, you'll gain some some experience with that over two weeks. You'll have check-ins with Earl, so you'll be able to talk you through because all of it is his personal experience. Like, he's gone through everything that you'll you'll look at. And then um, then by the time we check in again from a month from now, so we're, we're May 6th, so we'll just say at the end of this month, we'll have the other episode, and we can – we can kind of review everything with everyone, right? Condensed, but we can obviously meet afterwards to talk about it as well to you. So we can, show, we can showcase that. I think, because I have got to practice what I preach as well too. I'm saying, hey, slow-mo in, don't FOMO in. You saw Quincy wanted to back the whole truck. Yeah, we're going to get Netflix and then a... <laughs> I'm going to call it CBS and all these other people. I'm going to have PR at your house tomorrow and they're going to interview you. <laughs> Yo, cute. Chill, bro. Like, (laughs) So you can see my energy. It's the same. So, uh, okay. I think that's dope, man. I appreciate, you know, meeting you. I think this is a dope, I think this is a dope idea. I think it's a dope project. I think we've got everything that we need to make a good run for it. And at very least create a really compelling story and something fun that people would, will enjoy and follow, which will only help you, in your coaching career as well too, because that scenario, Hey, you're the coach who made the run with the story, right? Like that's going to look great on your CV when you're trying to get, (laughs) and then uh, Earl with all the work that's been uh, being done with BPC and the paths to coaching opportunities and stuff as well too. Hey, we, we just might mess around and create a a path to uh, our own uh, coaches certification program. Uh, at every single level so this just might be the the start of that so I, I see a lot of dope stuff in overlap here and i'm i'm excited man so yeah this is be cool
2: it's gonna be awesome Nah, thanks for having me guys it's gonna be fantastic honestly let me just
1: add, uh i'm looking forward to the whole thing I, I think it's gonna be really cool there's gonna be a lot to learn and a lot of things we'll put in into place and adapt and uh, it'll be a fun journey for people to follow as well um, I will say Serena's over here in this in the side chat and she 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 does that throughout shows and whatnot. Uh I will say whenever we can have her pop into a live or get her in on a conversation, uh it's not often that she's been jumping in conversations with Quincy and I but when she does she always drops like the ultimate MSL gem. I was, I always feel like she just like all right, Quincy saying a lot, but here's what you really need. And always gives me like, oh, damn, like I'll come off a, a two-hour call with Quincy and Serena popped in for 15 seconds and hit me with something that like really hits home. Uh, and I think that makes a lot of sense for Quincy too. I think it's, it's uh, uh, that's his backbone, obviously. So it makes a lot of sense for what he does and where he's at. But uh, when you can get feedback and comments from her, and I know she's always listening and following along, uh, you'll those are the gems you'll definitely be taken away as well. I I shout out shout, shout out Serena one
0: hundred percent that that is a one hundred percent endorsed statement by me and from Earl yes uh, Serena said how thank you Earl I really appreciate that yeah she's well she yeah of course yeah, she's had to listen to she's had to listen to all my bullcrap. Uh, <laughs> my stories and about-
1: well Zach just think Zach how many words you get in the last 30 minutes just think <laughs> just think about being this guy's wife
0: <laughs> just talk to myself through you about myself the whole time Don't says anything I'd be like right, this is episode today. everybody I'll see you later <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah uh- yo no thanks guys I appreciate it um yeah she said the original mental strength coach uh no this is this is yep. uh, we'll like I said, we'll, we'll plan for the end of the month. Uh, Earl, uh, send me over kind of whatever, you know, framework and stuff that you have. I'll get over what I had put together for some of the guys. So you can bring that together. We do most of our stuff through like Google docs and Slack. We'll get something up set up in Slack as well too, just so there's a line of communication. And then, uh, the, uh, the original mental strength coach can drop in her gems from time to time over on that Slack channel. Um, but yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, yo, Zach, could you at least let everybody know where could they follow you, what your Instagram, Twitter cool. handles, your website and stuff?
2: Yeah, so Instagram is Z.Herald, H-E-R-O-L-D. Not very active on any social whatsoever. I've kind of um, gone away from all socials really for the past few years. Um, just post my family, who I really care about, and and things like that. But um, any any soccer co- uh, pictures, but, uh, yeah, follow me on Z.Herald. Z. I'm probably going to be a little bit more active um, in these coming months, obviously, with the return. So um, we'll see. Awesome. All right, brother. Earl, anything else
0: before we wrap up the episode?
1: Nah, all good on my end. Happy to be back and uh, looking forward to being back on now, at, at least on a monthly basis with Zach. And it uh, should be a fun journey for everyone to follow. Awesome, brother. Thanks, everybody. I will see you next week.
0: Same time, same place. And as always... I mean, you had,
2: Thanks. <laughs> thanks, fellas. See ya.
0: Quincy Americois here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you would like us to interview next, we'll get working on it right away. Yeah. <sharp inhale>